just one of kings, better than none and ring. That's why we're here to sing football. Yes, yes, people. Welcome along to another North London 40. Woo! My name is James Hamlin. My name is Inia Benigo. As you may have noticed by the edit on the titles, we're doing something a little bit different this week. We're going to talk basketball. Sing it, James. Go on. No, Curtis Blow's already sung it. Well, the, the person that was down with Curtis Blow's already sung it. I don't really need to. We're not basketball experts. We love the game. We watch it a lot, and we think you should watch it throughout the NBA playoffs. So we're fortunate enough to have a couple of real experts that do know lots about it. They're going to come on the podcast in a bit and going to talk about it. Our old mate and real G.O.D. of American sports punditry in this country, Mike Carlson, is on the pod. G.O.D. is the right phrase. And also, you may remember him from the Haribo adverts uh, many, many years ago. And yeah, I got a collection of Haribo adverts deep on my computer. Hell yeah. A real don of British basketball and a regular on the Sky Sports sofa this year with the Sky Sports NBA coverage. You're also going to be welcoming the big man himself, Martin Henlon, who's going to be coming on talking about some NBA as well. That's good. It is good. It is good. The NBA playoffs are a brilliant thing and. You know, the NFL draft is next week, which is great also. NFL doing an amazing job of keeping everybody very interested in a potentially not interesting draft and maybe detracting from the NBA. But we got our draft special on Monday. So we're going to be talking draft then. Uh, We might get Mike to talk a little bit of draft later. But now we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. It was the last game last night. So now the playoffs start on Saturday. And, you know, you guys that listen to the podcast, you've got... You know the dark arts, you've got season passes, you've got this, that, and the other. You can find this content, and we really think that you should. Yeah, we started the pod last year in the summer. We talked about basketball then. We're talking about basketball now. But instead of me talking about Lil Wayne and OKC, let's get some experts on and let them talk to you about. Talking of the NFL draft, we were actually out and about yesterday, weren't we? We were at Lawrence Okoye's Pro Day. Yes, we were. Who I just saw this morning, he was at Twitter now, and now he's got the at Akoya Twitter name. That's when you've made it. When you've knocked off all the other Akoyas in the world, and trust me, as a Nigerian, there are a lot of Akoyas in the world. Not only Christian Akoya, the Nigerian nightmare, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you know you've made it when you've just got the at Akoya symbol. Is it like having at Smith? Well, uh, it's like saying at Thomas, maybe. Okay. Yeah. What's the Smith? Uh, it's, it's tough. I can't really think of the top of my head. We're we're a very large nation, 250 million. We're deep in the game. I can't really think of who gets the actual Smith. J.R. Smith, maybe. Uh, yeah. We'll, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll ask the experts that. <laughs> no, we were down at Lawrence Sequoia's Pro Day yesterday. He's hoping to be drafted. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was good. It was really, really good. I don't know when I'll ever get the opportunity to go see a Combine-type event live in person, but I was glad I went. Hopefully there'll be many more in the future, but we'll be talking about that on Monday's podcast, where we'll have an expert on. You don't have to rely on us to talk about draft, and we'll talk about Lawrence. And we also had the privilege of talking to Tony Allen, Mm -hmm. a member of the UK NFL Hall of Fame, of which there are two people. The other one is Victor of BBDK, so you know that is legit. We had a chat to chat to him, so he'll be on the podcast on Monday as well. So yeah, plenty more NFL stuff, related stuff coming up on Monday, but uh, today it's all about NBA. Right, so, guest time. We wanted to talk NBA. For once, it's our first foray into NBA, so we had to get an expert. And also because we knew we wanted to get somebody that, that knew us, that could kind of hold our hand through the process, and one name spring to mind. He's going to talk about these players in the NBA he commentated on their games throughout the summer at the Olympics in London. He was there, made a bit of a name for himself, the big dog of British American sports punditry on the line, Mike Carlson. Mike, how's it going? Well, it's going fine. I'm, I made a big name for myself, but not necessarily in the way that I wanted to <laughs> during the Olympics. Um, although it, it is heartening that even though there's, there's no video of my getting hit on the head with a basketball, um, the audio of it you know which is which is over the game video um because the game was over people forget it wasn't like i wasn't following the game the game was over and my back was turned to the court but um it was the fifth most 
watched video on BBC Sports website over the year. I made I made the advent calendar for the BBC, and you know I feel like that I, that makes me into a sort of mini national institution. Mike, there is video of it. It just hasn't been uploaded to the internet yet. You know that, right? If somebody has an actual picture of me being hit by it, I'd love to see it. Because, I, I mean, it hurt, for one thing. And I was in shock. And, and what actually happened was I was asking John Amici, you know, a question to wrap up the show. And instead of answering me, John just looked at me and kind of went, hello, which was his response to seeing the ball headed for my head. And I and in my mind I'm going, now what does that mean? Bam and then you know, right in the head right in the ear earphone and I, I went, Ow and then obviously I made the famous mistake of thinking that one of the guys in the row in front of me had thrown the ball at me. Um and I and I took off on them. But my my temper had not been really seen on air or heard on air before. It's a priceless British sports moment. It's right up there with the time. <laughs> Walter Payton was on It's a Knockout in 1987. People will we'll retweet it this week. We'll, we'll keep resuscitating. We'll stick it on our Tumblr and stuff so Mike can get his shine. And it could be another call to arms to the person that's, uh, that's sitting on that video right now. But, Mike, reason you're here, not a lot of NFL to talk about. We've got a draft coming up next week, and, you know, that's, that's something else to talk about next week. The cool thing is right now we are about to start the NBA playoffs. The Premier League of Soccer is ending. This is a wonderful time to get into the NBA. We wanted to talk about it. Mike, can you give the listeners, maybe people that haven't been following the season so far, which is okay because pretty much everyone makes the playoffs anyway, just give them a bit of a recap, the 2012-2013 season. It's been an interesting season, and and in a sense, I, I find the season a bit hard to follow. I don't probably pay it as much attention as I should. There's an awful lot of teams the players come from all over the world. Like with the NHL these days, there's a lot more movement of players than there used to be, although there isn't as much movement as there is in the NHL. So it's, it's often hard to, to follow these things. But I think the big story uh, coming into the season was the Miami Heat with their, their three usually paid stars, including LeBron James, coming off the, the Olympic gold medal and, and a great performance in, in the final game. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers and, and Kobe Bryant, could they put it back together and challenge in, in the West, the, N, the NBA West, or would it, or would the uh, mantle be passed to Kevin Durant, another Olympic star, and Oklahoma City? Or could the very old San Antonio find enough in them for, for one last gasp? And, and then back in the East, you had a, a lot of attention because the New York Knicks were trying to do a Lakers or Miami Heat and, and buy a triumvirate of big-name players and put that together to try to make a winning team. And, of course, the New Jersey Nets – moved to Brooklyn and spent big. And um, I guess another side story, which I should have mentioned, the L.A. Clippers also spent big in the offseason trying to put together a team to challenge the Lakers in Los Angeles. So I think those were the big stories um, coming into the season. And uh, they pretty much continued to be big and played out that way through the season. My theory is this. Lots of people got into the NBA you know, late 80s, early 90s, the Jordan Magic Bird era and stuff. That's fantastic. Now the NBA is in a place conspiracy theorists would say that they've um, contrived to have it this way. Miami, L.A., Boston, New York are the strongest teams again, the power franchises again, which sucks if you support Sacramento or one of these teams um, in small market America. But for a U.K. fan, and I'll encourage anyone to be team agnostic just to follow players because, hey, you don't live in Memphis. You know, you don't live in Milwaukee. You think that's a good thing? I think it's a good thing. And I'm, I'm not against conspiracy theories because I've thought for decades that the NBA fixed the draft when Patrick Ewing came out in order to get him <laughs> to the You're the only New person York that's Knicks. ever said that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, now you look at the video and you, and, you know, and, and you can see it. But I think in this case, there is a certain amount of laissez-faire on the NBA's part, which the NBA wants to put stars together. They want teams dominated by stars. If they can be in big media cities, that's great. But it doesn't stop, for example, Oklahoma City from putting together uh, you know, a couple of stars at least, and, and they're one away from having a sort of triumvirate. There's a lot, there's a lot to be said for the idea that the NBA realizes it's completely star-driven. And the game has become, to a large part, a one-on-one game uh, where, where stars thereby get to dominate. And, in fact, what I'm, I think, going to talk about a little bit is, is the way those few teams that play a really balanced team game 
um, have surprised this season and, you know, and what they can do in the playoffs. But I think as we saw even in the Olympics, in the Olympic final where Spain played a hell of a game against the United States, but LeBron James, who I wouldn't say bored, but, you know, just appeared not to want to be in the spotlight for most of the Olympics, let other people do it, finally just said enough of this and took the game over for about three minutes in the fourth quarter and, and put the game away. Let's talk about LeBron. Let's start at the top of the tree. Established himself this season as the best player on the planet, potentially the best player in any sport globally. I'm of the opinion that, and one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast, it's an opportunity for fans to watch a player playing at a level that's barely been seen in any sport. And it was exemplified in the Heat's 27-game win streak this season going into the playoffs. You agree with that, Mike? Pretty much so. Um, I think he's got a set of physical skills that's completely unmatched. I mean, he is basically Michael Jordan in a power forward's body. Um, and he can pretty much do whatever he wants on a basketball court. I'm not sure that he's got the unquenchable drive to win the team game that Jordan had or, or Larry Bird had or Bill Russell had before them. And, and in that sense, when I look at Jordan as opposed to LeBron, I sometimes think of Bill Russell versus um, Will Chamberlain. I'm not, not many of the listeners will be old enough to remember what I'm talking about here. But when Wilt won, which was with Philadelphia uh, one year and with the Los Angeles Lakers another year when they had a 33-game winning streak, he was actually put together with, with some other great players. You know, not quite the the Miami Heat kind of mix, but a, a really good team around him. And and he, at least one of those years, you know, played a team game. But he did it deliberately, not instinctively. And I think LeBron is kind of that way too. He doesn't instinctively play the team game. He instinctively is the best player that we've ever seen. And it doesn't necessarily <clears throat> excuse me. It doesn't necessarily make his supporting cast better which is why they have superstars in the supporting cast but sometimes superstars in a supporting cast can't play the the role player roles that they need to play in order to get the best out of lebron james mike you've watched as much basketball as anybody will certainly talk to on this podcast well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say kev's probably watched a lot more than i do because i don't stay up and watch the double headers very often where you rank where you ranking lebron right now uh, mike and the pantheon of players of all time and you know we should tell that story how it pans out we don't know is he going to stay in miami go to la what's lebron's legacy you don't know right now based on what he's done and what you predict he's going to do i think right now he's got to be sort of top five and as i said physically i think physical skills and, and ability he's probably the best i've ever seen in context he's around the top five, I would say, and that will depend you know, on, on what his legacy is, on, on, whether he, um, on whether he can win a couple more championships, um, on whether he can you know, keep, a team, keep a team together and going. Um, but you know, watching him up close, as I did during the Olympics, and you know, it was clear to me that this guy can pretty much do whatever he wants almost whenever he wants it. And the beautiful moments, I think, in the NBA season are, are when there are a few defensive players, and there always are, no matter how good a player is, who can give you trouble. And that doesn't mean you hold LeBron James to 14 points or whatever. It just means you make him work for a shot. You take him out of the team game. Uh, you make him get a difficult 25 or 30 instead of an easy 30 or 35. And that can make all the difference um, you know, in any single game against the Heat. Let's talk about the Heat, and let's talk about the Eastern Conference first. It's a good place to start. The Miami Heat um, finished the season with the best records in the East, thanks largely due to their 27-game winning streak and also down to their general dominant play so far this year. Clear favorites in the East this season. A team that's been terrible for years, Mike, and I'm sure we've all made jokes at their expenses, and has yet to win a playoff game or win their conference for several years. But a clear second-place contender in the East is the New York Knicks. What are you thinking about the Knicks going into the playoffs, Mike? Um, I wouldn't be that optimistic about their chances because 
Carmelo is sort of the opposite. You know, if 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 there's a difference between LeBron and Michael Jordan, say, I think Carmelo's kind of at the opposite end of that scale. Um, he is another immensely talented physical player. You know, when if you watch the Olympics, Carmelo's basically a small forward with the Knicks. He played center most of the time for the Olympic team. They started Tyson Chandler, who's his teammate with the Knicks, at center, but very quickly moved Carmelo there. And it gave him a, it gave them a team that could compete inside with almost everybody. They had trouble against the Spanish, but also could shoot from the outside against any, everybody. And Carmelo's going to wind up as the league's leading scorer. Um, he's sitting out the last game just to make sure that happens. And that, to me, says a lot. I mean, that I can understand resting him anyway, but that he's up for the scoring title against Kevin Durant, who also is not going to play his final game of the season, and decides to sit out, sort of typifies that Carmelo attitude. And when when the going gets tough, as they say, I'm not sure in which direction Carmelo will get going. He's got Tyson Chandler at, at center. They've run about four power forwards through, including Amari Stoudemire, who was supposed to be the, the third guy in that in that big, highly paid triumvirate that they've got. Rashid Wallace and Kenyon Martin and Kurt Thomas, which like five years ago would have been a whole great front court for somebody. But they're not that strong in the backcourt, even though they've, they've got a couple of like 35-year-old point guards <laughs> in Jason Kidd and, and Pablo Prigioni, who, by the way, was the guy who kicked the basketball that hit me in the head. And I never got either an apology or a side basketball do, from do, him. Do you know how I refer to those 35-year-old point guards, Mike? Youngsters. That's why he's the best in the business, people. <laughs> he is on his straps. There you go. Knicks um, have got the Celtics in round one, Mike, which is a great matchup, you know. And I don't, I don't think the Celt- the Celtics only finished a game over five hundred. Um, obviously, crippled by injuries, missing Rajon Rondo. But I think that's a matchup they actually could win, um, because they've been resting Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce have both been hurt through the year, but they've been resting them lately, so they should be fresh. And in some ways, they're a better team without Rajon Rondo than they were with him. A lot of their role players have played better. They see more of the ball. They kind of can play their own games. But I think Garnett and Pierce match up very well with the Knicks. Pierce can score a lot of points, and I think Garnett can can do a job on Carmelo. Um, and there's an upset potential in the making there. As I said, I don't see the Celtics going very far after that. But, but that is a surprisingly tough series for the Knicks. An interesting series on paper, potentially the most interesting of the first rounds, sees the Bulls playing the Nets. Who do you think comes out of that series, Mike? It's another tough one. Um, the, Bull, the, the Bulls have had you know, just a great season this year, considering that their best player has been out uh, for most of it. Um, and almost like the British Olympic basketball team, Lal Deng has had to carry them um, to, a, to a large extent. You know, there just isn't the talent there um, that you see on the Nets team. You have to make the Nets pretty strong favorites. But I think that Tom Thibodeau has just done an absolutely great job of coaching this team and, and probably deserves a lot of attention um, for Coach of the Year. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough matchup in the sense that they need Joachim Noah to hold – Lopez in check, basically. Deron Williams is going to get his points. Lowell Deng's going to get his points. And, and I love Deron Williams as a player, too. Another guy um, who just sort of put himself on, in the spotlight on, on that Olympic team. To that extent, you know, it could come down to which of those teams is simply able to play better team basketball. And that could be the Bulls. Fast forward, Eastern Conference Finals, Mike. Putting you on the spot here. Who do you see in the Eastern Conference Finals? Who do you see challenging for the spot to play in the NBA Finals for the East? Well, yeah, I don't see the Heat. I don't see the Heat being stopped um, by anybody going into the final. And I mean, the re- for me, the real dark horse there is Indiana, um, who again on paper, much like Chicago, you know, don't have the the horses to compete. But they're the third seed, and and Frank Vogel's got to be another guy who should be getting a lot of. Um, coach of the year kind of consideration and a wild guess I, I would not be surprised to see the heat play chicago in that in the final how many games you see the heat losing 
going through the first two rounds, Mike. <laughs> What's the over-under? Two games? Three I'd games? I'd say the over-under. Yeah, two is probably the over-under. Three was what I was going to say. But, but, yeah, I'd like to see what the bookies are offering on that. The Chicago Bulls ended the LeBron James Miami Heat winning streak at 27. There's obviously scores to be settled there. I think all neutrals, obviously, in this country, tons and tons of legacy Chicago Bulls fans out there. I think for the neutrals... We would like to see that series, and I think there is a, you know, a fair chance of that happening if the Bulls can get past Brooklyn. Let's go west. The east, not as close. The Miami Heat, in case you haven't seen the statistics, they won this particular division by 12 games. The west couldn't be closer, really. Four games separated the top five teams. In unusual fashion, let's maybe start at the bottom of the Western Conference because the Western Conference contains at the bottom the Los Angeles Lakers, who, against all sorts of odds, and in typical L.A. style, beat the Houston Rockets last night. They had actually already qualified for the playoffs because the Jazz couldn't put away the Clippers. But based on Kobe Bryant's um, proclamation, Joe Namath's style, that they would make the playoffs, the Lakers did make the playoffs. Just Mike, L.A. Lakers... Where do you start? Well, yeah, in fact, they, they, they take the seventh seed um, ahead of Houston as a result of that. Um, I guess it proves that Kobe Bryant can be a real influence even if, he, if he's not on the court. In fact, he might be better. I, I, I'm going to talk about a lot about the Olympics because during the Olympics, the one thing I noticed watching Kobe was that he all, all often seemed not to be a part of the other 11 guys on the team. See, I noticed often. that. He was often sat at the end of the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, by himself. And, you know, and the, and the funniest line I heard around Kobe Bryant's injury, and I think it probably was Bill Simmons, but, you know, he said, now Mike, Mike D'Antoni gets a chance to coach the team now. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can criticize D'Antoni, I think, for, you know, in Casey Jones fashion, letting Kobe play 45 minutes a game in games where he didn't need to. Um, but Kobe, Kobe put up the most amazing self-pitying rant on Facebook, you know, now, now I'm supposed to come back at age 35, you know, and it, it, it was bizarre. And I think this goes back right back to Kobe coming out of high school where he was, you know, he was preternaturally mature for a kid coming out of high school. His father was a pro basketball player, Jelly Bean Bryant. Um, he had grown up in Europe where his dad played, um, you know, spoke a couple of languages, was, was obviously big for his size and, and physically mature. And, I get the feeling that that early maturation, you know, and stepping right in as as a as a uh, mature player in the NBA, in, still in his teens, sort of led him to, shall we say, a lack of growth later on in his adult life. You know that he had figured out how to make things wor- work and maybe enclosed himself a bit in, in a in a sort of shell, and that's where he wound up. He's 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 a real enigmatic player when you look at the career and, and the way he's interacted with when the Lakers have tried to put stars around him, when, when Phil Jackson was coaching the team. He's got an intense desire to win, but it, it's, a, it's a desire for him to carry the team on his shoulders to a win as opposed to guys like Jordan, you know, uh, Larry Bird, say Magic Johnson, who were willing to do that, but, all, but basically – wanted to win by willing their teams to be better. With Kobe, it's kind of like, you keep up with me or else. And with the other guys, you know, it was it was more of a do your best and I'm going to make it easy for you to do your best. That and said, Mike, though, he did have a phenomenal season this season. He was he was first team in all NBA. He had a great season. Yeah, and deservedly so. Um, you know, and, and basically, I think, kept the Lakers um, – for a large, remember, they played a large part of the season without Paul Gasol, um, and Dwight Howard was, shall we say, a disappointment. Yep. Um, Steve Nash, you know, was less than they expected. But how much can you expect from a guy who's really at the tail end of his of his career? Um, and you know, now in the playoffs, it, it will be interesting to see what Mike D'Antoni can do as a coach. Um, how much Powell Gasol, you know, the game against Houston, Powell had 17 points and 20 rebounds, and, and Dwight Howard had 16 points and 18 rebounds. They could become a kind of pounded-into-the-paint kind of team, and that could be very effective. 
Abs- against a lot of the teams in the West. Absolutely, right? And Colby's out, and, you know, he's not coming back, and that's that. Whether Nash comes back or Nash doesn't come back, we shall see, but he hasn't really been old-school Steve Nash. But Mike makes a brilliant point there. Not only did pa- uh, Pau Gasol put up 17 rebounds, he actually had a triple-double last night. And, you know, to, to, to quote from some of the things Mike was saying, when you saw Pau Gasol in the Olympics when you watched him, what a fantastic player he is. And as you say, now they have the two big guys inside. You know, if you look at those two, it's probably only Memphis who have a, they have another Gasol and another guy, and we could talk about that in a sec, who have that inside power. This team goes on a different direction with Kobe. Steve Blake shot 24 points last night. They're going into this San Antonio series. They got a chance, don't you think? I think they absolutely do. Um, but San Antonio is one of my, you know, I, I know how coach of the year generally goes to a team that overachieves, that no one expected, you know, which is why, obviously, I think, you know, Thibodeau and Frank Vogel will be in the running. George Carl seems to be the favorite with Denver, and he's done a great job with them. I, I think Greg Popovich doesn't get enough credit for keeping this San Antonio team competitive as Tim Duncan and, and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker have all gotten older, um, you know, and carried less of the burden. And for the reasons you say, I think the Lakers have a good shot against this team but they don't depend san antonio doesn't depend on going inside or outside you know they'll they can play all different kinds of games and that will make it a bit difficult for them i i was laughing because you know san antonio looks like the united nations um you know you got parker and ginobili you got tiago splitter uh patty mills from australia you got Decolo, you got boris dial um you know it's like the whole team, the whole San Antonio team just about was in the Olympic Games, but they were playing for seven different countries. They're a lot of fun to watch because of the way they play basketball. And, and I think that's going to be a good, a good series. And, and I really do think, I think Powell will get his. I think the real, the real key to that for the Lakers is Dwight Howard. Um, you know, and if Howard comes to play and, and if those two guys decide they can carry that team on their back, it, there could be an upset. Another fortunate thing to come from the result last night, not only do we get this um, very, very tempting L.A. San Antonio series on paper, we also have James Harden going up against the team that decided to <laughs> trade him a year early. His Houston Rockets are taking on OKC and the Thunder. And it should be another fascinating series, Mike, don't you think? Yeah, and I don't think Oklahoma City is going to have a whole lot of trouble um, with Houston. And uh, unless Harden really is enervated to play well, well above, well above his level, and everybody else is, there. OKC is an interesting, an interesting uh, top seed. And again, going back to what you were saying, what I was saying about the Lakers playing inside. You know, inside they've got Ibaka, and they've got Kendrick Perkins, who doesn't play, you know, a whole lot. And then they've got a couple of guys like Tabit as backups. But but they can play inside if they have to. And then you've got Durant, who's got such length, as which is one of the big words nowadays. Everybody talks about length instead of height. Um, Durant, Durant's got such length that you know even though he's playing small forward or whatever, you can bring him inside and use him um, to to defend inside. And I think they're going to be they're going to be a difficult team to beat. But like I said, I don't think Houston Houston could do it. Um, and really, it may come down to a final before somebody really challenges them. Probably the most hard-fought series with a um, playing card width between the teams. These teams had an identical record in the regular season. Is the Los Angeles Clippers against the Memphis Grizzlies? How do you see that series going, Mike? I, I kind of like the Clippers in that one, although everybody everybody kind of assumes that. The Clippers have no heart, and the Grizzlies will have all the heart, as it were. You know, the, the Clippers are, are kind of flattering to deceive. Um, but I don't see I don't see the answer in 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 an abstract world. Boy, that sounds. Boy, <laughs> what that other sounds, world is there? Boy, that sounds pretentious. Uh, you know, <laughs> to Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that the Grizzlies can match up with that. Um, so if the clip if the Clippers lose. It's it's really going to come down to people saying they don't have the heart or saying that Vinny Del Negro can't coach. And that's been said at any number of stops along the way in Vinny Del Negro's coaching career. So, Mike, fast forward, go to the Western Conference Final. 
if you're a gambling man, where's your money? Who do you think is going to be facing up in the Western Conference final? Yeah. Well, you know, Denver's got the three seed. And as I said, George Carl's done a great job there. And I love Andre Iguodala um, you know, as a player. But I, Danilo Gallinari, he's been hurt as well. I don't think they can bang with any of these teams. So uh, I'm looking – I'm basically looking at Oklahoma City. And I think San Antonio is going to get past the Lakers and, and go all the way. I know 1-2 is a kind of boring matchup. But Oklahoma City-San Antonio is always such a great matchup. I'm, I'm, kind, of look, you know, I'm kind of rooting for that to happen, and, and I think it will. And, you know, the, the one other really funny thing is, is Kevin Durant. I guess they thought about playing him, or they thought for a couple of seconds, about playing him and letting him go for the scoring title. When, when they found out that uh, Carmelo was going to sit down. But he, he would have to score 70 points. Yeah. This, this is not unprecedented. Because I can remember right after, I think the year after I moved to Britain. The Admiral. So it, would been, it would have been 78 or, or I guess the 79 playoffs. David Thompson and George Gervin, who both came from the, the ABA into the NBA, um, ha- were dueling for the scoring title. And t- David Thompson went out and scored 73 and George Gervin went out later that night and scored 63 to keep the title. And, you know, it, it, in a way, it's very entertaining when the NBA stops being a competitive game and simply becomes a showcase for somebody to score points. And David uh, Robinson shot 71, I think, in 93, 94? That's true. That, that, yep, that happened too. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that because so, I'm so in love with the old ABA. Um, but yeah, the same kind of thing, you know, and when the players are sort of just throwing the ball to the guy to get him the points and trying to get him, it, that could have been a lot of fun to watch, um, yeah. to watch Kevin Durant go for 70. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd certainly, you'd certainly have a full house because people just want to watch that type of stuff. But like, yeah, you know, he gave, he gave the title to Mello, which is the first New York Nick to win the scoring title since the great Bernard King. So that was kind of nice, I guess. That's and, true, too. Bernard was, Bernard was a great player. And if he hadn't banged up his knee, it would have been an even greater one. Um, and, you know, you also would have seen exactly how the rest of the league feels about Carmelo Anthony by how hard they defended Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people connect with you, follow your punditry, follow your pieces, and, and generally kind of um, gain this type of insight you've given us on the podcast today throughout the NBA playoffs and through the NFL draft and, you know, through the uh, up until next season? Yeah, well, at the moment, the only the only TV I'm doing um, regularly is on Eurosport, um, doing the Arena Football League. Uh, it's kind of hit and miss in the schedules for Eurosport too, and occasionally pops on to British Eurosport too as well. Um, I do the America Ameri Carnage podcast most weeks um, with Nat Coombs and and uh, the comedian Dan Lowe, and that's He's a comedian. That you, I'm joking. <laughs> well, he says so. Um, and uh, it's low comedy, so to speak. And um, that's on iTunes, and, and you can go to the americarnage.co.uk website and, and check it there. Uh, my blog, which doesn't often write about basketball, but, but often does touch on sporting subjects, is called Irresistible Targets. And I twit at Carlson Sports, or Carlson Sports, however you want to look at it. And um, some of the tweets I've been doing lately have been fairly ridiculous <laughs> good so they they can be good to follow should people be jumping on see we see lots of stuff it's the off season in the nfl people are doing draft stuff and mock stuff mock draft stuff and all sorts of rah 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 and you know worrying about their teams but let's talk about arena football quickly you're broadcasting that in Eurosport. if people want a bit of an uh, an american football fix should they be jumping on that what's happening in the arena league right now well it, you know it it is a different game and it's not – if you're a big fan of a lot – a lot of the things that you're a big fan of, of outdoor American football for, you won't get in arena. It's an awful lot like watching um, five-a-side football as, as opposed to, to out, outdoor football. Um, the, league, the league is run on a, on a sort of uh, cost-effective basis, so there aren't even as many players with sort of NFL – pedigrees or, or perhaps you know long shots at nfl futures in the league right now but it it does tend to be pretty competitive um it's it's fun to watch it's, it's a lot of fun to do um but you know it is a sort of very much a a uh, relaxing kind of stopgap uh for the nfl season uh, later in the summer i suspect at least the last couple of years we've done a number of the european championship games from the Austrian, German, Finnish, French, Italian leagues, 
and um, European Championship game as well. And those are always very interesting too. Um, you know, just to see the level of play and and uh, when it gets to European Championships, uh, a British team might well, you know, might well get involved with that. And um, I'm, I'm of course looking forward to the NFL draft. I I haven't actually done a mock draft. Um, okay. Since since the days of um, being on Inside the Huddle with the NFL's podcast, um, where they at, where they were asking me to for the basic reason that you know the moment the draft starts, the mock draft becomes completely irrelevant, <laughs> and unless you're in a kind of fantasy mock draft league <laughs> where you can score points for being accurate or something like that, um, it's it, it's kind of a hiding to nothing. Um, so I do spend most of my time just sort of scouting the players for my own benefit um, and for next season. And, you know, this is a fascinating draft because there isn't a, there is no clear cut number one pick. Um, There's no clear cut number one quarterback really. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see whether teams will, will hang around trying to pick up one of the quarterbacks that they have faith in um, because there is no real consensus about, about any of them. And uh, I, I can see, you know, five, maybe even six offensive linemen going in the, in the top 10 or 12. Um, and that's very, very unusual. You think it could be, some people have called it a boring draft. Some people have called it whatever. You think it's, you think it's that, or you think it's the fact that we've been spoiled over the last few years with Andrew Luck and RG3 and these types of stories. You think this is more of a kind of, more of a status quo type draft? It's, it's kind of a purist draft because what you're going to see I mean, normally the interesting things are obviously the big names and the quarterbacks. And there's usually three or four other big players that slot in. So you get a good idea of, of what teams of what teams see for themselves, for their own needs. And if you're a fan of a team or even, even if you're just a, an observer, it gives you a, a great idea of that. This draft is going to show you a little bit more about how teams evaluate players themselves because you've got you know for example you know at offensive tackle you've got um two two players who are virtually indistinguishable so if one goes one and one goes two or one goes one one goes three what what are the, what's the factor that's made those teams take it if a team if a team takes a guard, a, a ready-made guard like like warmax say over the third or fourth best tackle you know how good does that mean the guy is? What and I find questions like that, you know, really fascinating this year. And there'll there'll probably be a lot of time for that. And and hopefully, I suspect there's going to be a number of players going early that there won't be that much. There hasn't been that much hype around, and and you're going to see guys drafted inordinately that people are going to be accused of reaching, like like Seattle was, say, for Irvin last year, because people are just getting their heads around the idea that there are players who fit a team system who don't necessarily who don't necessarily grade out as a top 10 pick in their draft but if you're the Seattle Seahawks he's a top 10 pick for your needs we'll get through those picks and then we'll get into the more fun picks i'm sure the Mante Taos and the Tyron Matthews and the Geno Smiths and the uh, Denard Robinsons and these types of guys so i think we make out in the end but i think mike as normal describes it perfectly fascinating really interesting it should be a lot of fun that's a week today yeah and the other the other interesting thing is you know a large part of this too is is the NFL's ability to hype the draft into something that basically carries NFL fans for a month. Yeah. You know, when, when there is no NFL <laughs> and, and basically they concentrate on that and they've been able to hype that up to the point where, you know, to, to an extent it's going to overshadow the NBA playoffs next weekend. They're good at what they do, Mike. They are indeed. Mike Carlson, legend of this game. <laughs> Thanks very much. No one beats Mike, right, Inye? Real legend. No one. Iron Mike, Iron Mike Tyson, 89 Mike. That's what I'm calling him right now. To quote Nas, all I need is one Mike. I prefer my Mike Tyson analogy, but if you want to quote Nas, go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Who do you think Mike Carson is more like? Nas, Forbes Magazine's greatest lyricist or greatest hip-hop lyricist of all time, or Mike Tyson, one of the greatest ever sportsmen of all time? (laughs) <laughs> i really i heard you prep for a question like that i've, I've got i've got I've, I've got no idea um well, I'll, I'll tell you my answer i on. think he's a bit of both okay yeah excellent on the mic and excellent with his hands so i've been told yeah let's get on to our next guest somebody that's been on sky sports 
helping out with their NBA coverage this season, someone that we've mentioned on Twitter several times, an extremely impressive and accomplished pundit around basketball and maybe in other American sports too. We'll, we'll try and find out. He's played for the UK. He's played for VCU. Remember them from last year's tournament? I've been doing my research. And he's um, wow. he's played at a couple of Olympics too. So we're really, really privileged to have him on the squad, North London 40, on our NBA playoff special. Martin Henland. Martin, how's it going? Uh, it's great. Thanks for having me on, James. Uh, and uh, excited to be, have a chance to share my, uh, uh, my thoughts and, uh, and input with your audience. Let's get straight in, Martin. Season 2012-2013. What's your take on it? How do you think it's been? It's been a pretty good one, right? It's been a fascinating season. I, the, 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 and not just, you know, everybody says, oh, much we, we loved, you know, Miami, we, you've had the streak, you know, you've had the coming of age of LeBron James, who's gone from pantomime villain to the good guy he's always wanted to be. Uh, you've seen, finally, the New York Knickerbockers making some kind of noise, and that is, you know, that's always a big boost for uh, uh, for the NBA. And hard to believe, because I'm a Lakers fan at heart, but, you know, the Lakers have been like the Tim Tebow of basketball this year. <laughs> a story, a non-existent story, you know, whether or not they're going to play. You know, we're talking about the ninth best team, or well, now the seventh best team in the West. Um, you know, what a, you know, a farce that's had. It's, and, and also, we've had some great British stories as well. You know, Lord Deng has proved to be an, an Iron Man this year, and I think that's just, uh, you know, something good for British fans to be, to be excited about. Great year. It really has been, and one of the reasons we're doing this part is it's a great time for British fans to um, jump on, get involved as we start to get into the playoffs, because in effect, they not really miss that much. Um, you know, they can pick it up. It's a great opportunity to, for them to do so. If people haven't really followed the sport so far, Martin, and maybe they're NFL fans and thinking, hmm, okay, I want to jump over, what would become some of the first pieces of advice you would maybe give to these people that um, want to try to understand the playoffs and get into it seriously? What, what's, what's the best way that they can maybe get involved? Yeah, okay, well, your, your starting point, uh, James, is, is that if you're coming in now, you've got to re remember that these guys have just played an 82-game regular season. Um, so they're all, they're all tired, they're all beat up, they're all carrying injuries, and then they go into this, the top eight teams from the East and the top eight teams from the West go into this uh, a knockout format, and they go from the first, so you've got uh, quarterfinals in the East, quarterfinals in the, in the West. You get an Eastern champion and a Western champion, and then they play each other for the NBA championship. Of course, being Americans, they call it the world championship, but, you know, that's, you can debate that on another podcast. Um, the first round, or, so the first round matchups are set. They will play the best of seven games. Um, first of four win, get, go through, and then, you know, they, they reseed and they eliminate again from, from first round semifinals, conference semifinals, finals, and then the NBA championship. And it really is a slog. And, and, and what's so fascinating about the NBA playoffs, for me, of course, I've got a slight, slightly biased opinion, but, They've played this ruthless schedule. Some get, you know, four games in six nights and, uh, and then, you know, big national TV games and, uh, you know, some not so big games. And they've had to go to an 82 game season. And all of a sudden, everything hinges on what happens in a best of seven against, uh, you know, your, your opposition. So it's similar to baseball in so much as, you know, you, you know, you've got this hard slog of going through, but there's no, there's, there, there's no rings given out for being a, a division champion in the regular season. It's the playoffs that counts. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's not so through the regular season, there's not much at stake on a day-to-day -day basis like you've got in the NFL where, you know, you drop a, a, a home game against a divisional opponent and you may not even make the playoffs. But, you know, you're still going to – it's the best way to find out who the best team is at the end of – come the middle of June. You're a Lakers fan. You spoke about that, Martin, and we were, t we were talking about the Lakers earlier with Mike Carlson. I'm sure you watched last night's game. How are you feeling about the Lakers going into this San Antonio series? The opinion seems to be divided. What's your take on how the Lakers are going to perform and maybe without Colby, what we can expect from them? San Antonio missing Ginobili. Parker's been a little bit under the weather recently. Seems like the pick of the series of the first round of the playoffs. If I've got to do the sales pitch for the NBA, I would say that this is about the best matchup that the Lakers could have hoped for. 
a beat-up San Antonio team uh, that is has had trouble in the playoffs the last couple of years because of injuries of their, their big three stars. But, you know, when Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant, his Achilles tore last week, and everyone said, right, that's him done for the season. Uh, you know, in fact, I actually tweeted before the game last night. I said, look, come on, Lakers fans, let's face it. We really want to, we, we want to get knocked out now. We want, because we had the home game against San Antonio on Sunday that the Lakers came out and won. That was a great way, if you like, to end the season. Why would you want to go into the playoffs and suffer the potential torture when, when the Lakers were looking at eighth spot of getting swept by Oklahoma City? So, but then basketball's a funny thing. This is why they make them play the games. First of all, the Jazz go and get crushed in Memphis. So they drop out the playoffs. So the Lakers have got eight spots. So then the Lakers are playing Houston Rockets head-to-head, winner-take-all, seventh, seventh seed. And that is a much better opportunity of getting through and for some fireworks than if you go against an, an Oklahoma City team that I think is going to be rampant in round one. So you've got a, a fascinating story. But, of course, you know, the elephant in the corner of the room is how good can the Lakers be without Kobe Bryant? And, and, and I know, look, there's, there's a lot of great things to say. So I'm, Lakers is the team that I follow. There's a lot of good things about the way Pau Gasol is playing. You know, we already know he's a great player, the Spanish, the Spanish giant. Dwight Howard all of a sudden seems to be slowly getting back to in who he is. But after that, it's kind of, you know, it's struggling. You've got um, Jody Meeks replacing Antoine Jameson. That's where the problem's going to be for the Lakers in in the first round. And I I really think it will be difficult for them to get past battle-toughened San Antonio team. So, you know, my... My heart says the Lakers will give them a challenge, but you know San Antonio will be looking to do the business at home, um, winning the first two games in Texas. And if they do that, they'll try and steal one in, in L.A. And I would, to my mind, I think the Lakers will be done in five games, 4-1 to San Antonio. But do you also think that the Lakers are probably... So if you looked at any of the teams in the playoffs, and if any of the teams lost their... Superstar, their Carmelo Anthony, their Chris Paul, their LeBron James. Yeah. Do you think the Lakers potentially suffer the least? Which is a crazy thing to say about Kobe Bryant. With the season that he's had, he's been phenomenal. Their bench play aside, which, as you say, the, the, the bench, there's nothing there because they had to spend the, the, so much money on these stars. If Nash has anything left, potentially we saw, we've seen something the last couple of days. Powell, Howard, Blake was pretty good last night. It seems infeasible, but if anyone could do it, it's this team, maybe? Look, James, I, I, I want to be with you. I want to believe it. Um, Nash, maybe he's been resting up for the playoffs, and so he can become the controlling factor on this team. But the, the biggest problem the Lakers have had all year has been their lack of chemistry, injuries and chemistry. The injuries where you've had, uh, you know, the, the Lakers have lost starters across the board throughout the season. Howard's never been right. Pat Gasol's been injured for much of the season. Steve Nash, you've already mentioned, is struggling. A 38-year-old point guard um, in a league blessed with fan- fantastic athletes. You know, it's, it's whether or not Steve Blake can maintain. You know, he's been a standing joke. Um, at the Lakers <laughs> for the last couple of years. But, you know, in the last three or four games, maybe he has, has said, look, okay, Kobe's done. What have I got to lose? And that, that's the thing that the Lakers are, are trading on at the moment is that the worst, they've got the moral victory. They've got in the playoffs. They've got the seventh seed, which nobody expected them to do. They've got uh, the ghost of Dr. Buss looking at overlooking them from on high and his, his seat in the Staples Center. Maybe. Maybe the pressure all goes across to San Antonio and they can roll out and they can cause an, an upset early on. And for, that, for them to do an upset, I mean, if they win one of the first two games in San Antonio, it's game on. The, the, you know, so the, the pressure is on San Antonio to win game one. So if the Lakers put it all out on the line and, and, and steal one in, in Texas from the first game, if Tim Duncan gets in foul trouble, Tony Parker's hamstrings pull up, you never know. Uh, but, you know, that, that's... I don't want to get too excited about the Lakers. I'm starting to get pumped up about them now because that, <laughs> that victory last night against Houston Sorry, was amazing. Um, but, I mean, you know, and Kobe, bless him, is having to be a, a part-time coach from through Twitter uh, where, you know, because the game, the, the basket that Houston made to go into overtime should never really happen if the Lakers had used up the foul that they had, but we won't get too much caught up in the details. Look, the, the thing about the playoffs, it's all about momentum as well. You get a team that gets hot and gets on a roll and they get some kind of confidence 
and they will do things that you wouldn't expect of them. The Lakers could well be that team. The issue is that San Antonio, every year, they come into the playoffs and the Coach Popovich starts to rest his starters. He wants to get them right. If they are feeling fit and healthy, I think that it's going to be uh, – it'll be good to watch – but, you know, you're, you're going to be sitting there after game two saying, man, if we only had Kobe. In the West, Martin, you got to pick one team who's going to advance through the West. Who's your money on if you're a betting man? Well, whose money am I betting with? Yours. Sure, sure. You can use the <laughs> North London 40 kitty. If I'm, if I'm using the North, North London 40 um, money. Slash fund. You know, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, uh, a lot of people are going to ride Oklahoma City. And, I, you know, there's no reason to back against them, except if you're looking for some value, take a long, hard look at the, the Grizz, Memphis Grizzlies, because they've got um, the, the makeup of their team is such that they – should do well in the playoff format because by that I mean when we get to the playoffs, uh, you know the NBA slows down. There's a lot more what we call the half court game, pound the ball inside, looking to get easy baskets in the paint, and that's what Memphis Grizzlies have got. You've got great low post scoring in um, Marcus Sol and especially Zebo, uh, Zach Randolph. They've got balance on the outside, great point guard in Mike Conley. They could cause some some damage, but you know the Oklahoma City team. You know, they've got the loudest stadium in, 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 the, in the league. They've got Iron Man in Russell Westbrook. I don't think Russell Westbrook has missed a game since he was in high school. I mean, this guy never seems to get hurt. Durantula, Kevin Durant. Now, Oklahoma City is going to be your favorite to, to back another. Your dark horse, I, I would go with Memphis. I think you're right. And anybody that had the chance to watch the game last night, you had Utah who were fighting for their lives, trying to get in the playoffs, allegedly. They got absolutely annihilated by Memphis last night in a, in a game where Memphis had nothing to play for. But, you know, their stars played well. Um, Rudy Gay's gone, and they've become better since then. So I don't disagree with Martin. I think that's a really good call. Let's go East, Martin. Who's your pick of the East? Surprise us. <laughs> you want me to try and find any reason to go against Miami? No. It, 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 it's hard. I mean, look, the, the Heat have proven themselves the best team in the NBA streets ahead of the competition this year. That 27-game winning streak uh, is something that it speaks mountains about how good this team is. And, of course, the thing is, you've got LeBron James. He is a freak of nature. You know, he's, he's, when you've got superstars like that in your midst, it's easy to you know, take them for granted. Even when Jordan, Michael Jordan, who was dominating the NBA for, for years, people saw, oh, well, you know, Bird in his prime would have given him some trouble. And what would he have done with Wilt? You know, LeBron is like that. When he's with you, appreciate him. You look, the, what, the reverence we talk about Michael Jordan with today, that's the reverence we will talk about LeBron James with. And he's, he's got over that hump. He's got that monkey up his back where he won that first title last year. So now he knows how to do it. He's got a cast around him that the rest of the league believes can do it as well. So it's hard to see past Miami coming out of the East. The interesting story, to my mind, is whether or not these Knicks are for real or if they're going to be the Knicks of two years ago. You know, the, the Knicks that couldn't make the playoffs, the Knicks that could capitulate. Who will they match up against in the Eastern Finals? So, you know, Miami, I think, uh, they're a shoe in. You know, it, you know, their first-round matchup, it, it's hardly even a playoff matchup. You know, there, I was reading somewhere where uh, someone was saying that Coach Bolster is going to tell his team that uh, to, to save the minutes of the likes of Ray Allen and keep him fresh. He's going to say that the Milwaukee series is an exhibition series. They will sweep past Milwaukee without even breaking a sweat, which then puts them into an intriguing uh, uh, matchup against the winner of uh, Chicago and Brooklyn. If it's Chicago, Chicago will give them some, some headaches. But, you know, other than that, I can't see Miami getting any, any serious pressure until they get to the, the Eastern Finals and maybe even, you know, the NBA Finals. It's also about Whether or not New New York is for real. I'm not sold on the Knicks. I've got a feeling that they could, uh, and it may not be the Boston Pride that gets them in round one, but you know the Knicks will go as far as Tyson Chandler's defense can take them. You mentioned Michael. You mentioned LeBron in the same sentence, and that continues to happen. Um, a lot of people in the UK would have witnessed Jordan's um, dominance in the NBA, but obviously back then, um, there was a world before an internet and before Twitter and, you know, where we used to watch shows like Transworld Sport and watch Channel 4 coverage, you know, shout to yep. the guys that were doing it back then, Orton Bird and all those dudes. But it was kind of 
footage a week behind and condensed highlights and there really wasn't that and everyone's had to go back and discover that footage now with lebron fans are in the fortunate position where they can watch every single game they could track him 24 7 if they choose to do that but they can watch every single game that he's taking part in on game pass to me that seems like something that people it's an opportunity they should not be missing because like michael jordan these are players that come around once every 20 years would you agree with that martin Oh, absolutely. I, you know, you, you, you've, you've kind of answered your own question there, James. Look, you get a chance to see, it's, see um, LeBron James. You know, you've got to go and see it. You, and even, if just, even if you just look at the, the, you know, the, the highlights, he's more than just a guy who can dunk. And he's more than just a guy who is he's six foot eight, strong as a, a warehouse with the speed and agility of the, the fastest running back. You know, he, he, he's like a, it's like you've mixed. Uh, you know, I always joke, it's almost like the older fans of, of NBA history, think back to Utah Jazz, John Stockton and Karl Malone. It's almost as if he's the, the product of, of them as a love child. If those two guys could... <laughs> X-rated, Martin, X-rated. Yeah, yeah okay, well, <laughs> well, we haven't got footage to prove it actually happened. If you combine their DNA, you've got a fantastic point guard in John Stockton, an incredible physical specimen in Karl Malone. You mix those two together... LeBron James rolls out. So if someone said to you, you know, two for one, you're going to get one player of those, that's what you've got here. He is an, an absolute joy to watch. He does things that, you know, we, we've never seen before. It's, it, it's uh, um, you know, when, when the NFL comes to town once a year, whoever, if it's Brady and, and the, the Patriots, everyone's coming to see the Patriots, but they want to see Tom Brady before. That's the kind of opportunity we take with, with uh, LeBron. And he's, you know, as I say, he's, he's a player of a generation. There's, there's basketball has never seen anybody like him before. And we don't know who the next one will be. Jordan was so different to everybody else of his time. And LeBron is completely different to everyone of his time. So, Martin, you've got to pick one team that's going to potentially challenge the heat in the East. Who are you picking? I'm going to go chalk. And I'm going to say Oklahoma City is going to... We're going to have a rematch of the uh, last season finals. We have Oklahoma City against Miami Heat. There you heard it, people. Repeat of last year, which I think everybody will be down with. Not sure everybody would expect that when James Harden was traded, but that's that's the way that it's looking right now, the two best teams in the regular season. Martin, you're one of the best players that we've ever produced at this sport. You've experienced the sport at this level. You've played for some of the best London teams that we've had over the last few years. Just tie it back into a kind of London perspective post-Olympics. There's some exciting stuff happening. We have the London Lions launching in the Copper Box as of next season, which is pretty exciting. We've also got the EuroLeague Final Four coming here in March. Yeah. So it's a very exciting time. We lost our funding. Now we've got it back again, which is kind of cool. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things in Sky Sports? They're obviously involved now with some money. Some of the things that are happening at a, a local London level. Anytime we've we finally got an opportunity to have a, a British League team playing in one of the Olympic facilities, that's representation of legacy. So that's job done. That's a real positive sign for the sport in this country. Um, and I'm sure the Lions will go from strength to strength and build a fan base out there in East London, um, which will be something to be proud of. And it, it's a springboard for the game to, to, to progress and go back. You know, say, you talk about my playing days. In my days, the stadiums that we played in were, were sold out. The crowds were, were decent. Okay, the sport still had its best teams. I was fortunate enough to play for London Towers and before that, Kingston Kings, that were you know, in the upper echelons. But there was... There was talent across the board. The league is trying to build itself back up now. You've got some decent franchises. You've got great links into universities. So the kids, or say that, the under-23s, are, you know, there's a, there's a very talented bunch we've got out there now. So the, it's not all doom and gloom for British basketball. And, it, and something like the Lions moving into the copper box could reap rewards. Now, it's a challenge for them. London is a hard sell. You know, it's hard to sell tickets to anything in, in, the, in the capital city. But if they can get some momentum and get some wins and start to get a couple of thousand people coming regularly, you know, we could have some of the fireworks that we used to have when, when I was playing at the Towers and we were at Wembley and you had the Leopards playing out of London Arena. You know, that was, those were good times for basketball over here. And I think they, it, the, the chance, the opportunity is there for us to get back to those, those roles again. And as for the EuroLeague, well, you know, that, the, everyone, we always hear the, 
the, the, the question of the sport. How's the NBA looking to, to grow the sport in this country? Well, they play regular season games over here now. They don't just give any old game up. They're, they, you know, they're integrated into the system in, of, of basketball in this country. And the European League, for how many years have we tried to send European teams into Europe only to see them get smashed? It's almost as if Europe said, OK, forget that. We're not going to have a British team. We're going to bring the party to your house. You're, you're going to, you just bring some crisps and bring a couple of uh, <laughs> uh, bottles of your favourite uh, soft, fizzy soft drink, and we'll bring the music, we'll bring the DJ, and let's put on a show for you. You will see a basketball offence in this country that we've never had the like of before. So for anybody who's fortunate enough to get down to the O2 Arena or is it North Greenwich Arena, we've got to be neutral on the, the, uh, the naming rights for it. Not on this podcast, we don't. It's fine. Okay, well, we get down to the O2 and watch the madness unfold. You know, the, the basketball crowds, um, for the, the likes of the teams we're going to have, you could have, uh, you know, you, you're going to have Real Madrid. The, any, any Greek team will turn this place out. Uh, you know, the Spanish teams will bring a sort of a force that you, you've never imagined before. It will be an absolute jamboree. And I'm, you know, and I'm really hoping that the rumor is true and that they do come back for two years. Um, I've always said it, it's great to have in a, almost a neutral environment. The tickets will, will, will sell out almost instantly. I know a lot of people coming up from Lithuania and they haven't even got a team in the playoffs, let alone with a chance to make in the Final Four. You know, it, it, you will truly see how strong and, and highly followed basketball is in the world. And, you know, you, you can't ask for anything bigger than that. You know, the NBA is, is putting on a show over here. You know, they're back in October with preseason games in Manchester as well, so they're taking their show out on the road. European basketball, we're getting the, the best that the money's got to buy coming over here. You know, it's, you know, TV coverage is starting to pick back up. You know, but basketball is, you know, the, the, the opportunity is there. It's a question of whether or not the powers that be within the sport can capitalize on it, get some commercial investment uh, and get the excitement back to, to where it was pre-Bosman, I suppose we were talking about, mid-90s, early 90s when basketball was, was on, a, on a roll over here. It's a great time, people. Lots of us are fortunate enough to live in the best city of the world. People like Martin are fortunate enough to represent the best city in the world, playing against other European basketball teams and stuff. And that's brilliant. Lots of amazing stuff happening. And you're so right. This this EuroLeague Final Four thing, I mean, regardless, don't get put off by Boris Johnson doing the promo for it. This is real <laughs> talk, right? This is real talk. So if you've got the opportunity to get a ticket and check that out, that's that's uh, mid-May. I think that's May 14th that starts. You know, that, that that's, that's going to be the real deal. And um, for sure, Martin... You're a key part of the Sky Sports coverage, as we mentioned. How can people hook on to Sky Sports? When are they going to be showing games throughout the playoffs? How can people get plugged into that? You, know, you get plugged in by tuning into uh, Sky Sports on Sunday evenings. Um, my next game that I will be doing is in two weeks' time on the, 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 the 5th of May. Uh, but there'll be game, and we'll be doing double headers throughout the playoffs as well. And all the finals will be live on Sky TV as well. So Sky Sports throughout the playoffs. Um, it's the place to, to go. Now, the reason why I prefer Sky's coverage over any, any of its competitors is that we've got genuine people and pundits in the studios. So, you know, same as the NFL coverage on Sky, you know, we are, there's uh, good and evil characters in the studio. You can love us, you can hate us, but we <laughs> always cause, cause some opinion. It's better than that than having endless repeats of uh, highlight players that we've seen a thousand times. So, I, I, you know, we like to, I, I like to be, consider myself the marmite of a, of a, a sports studio. I talk, I say what I think, what I believe, and if I upset someone, that's good too. I know I, I, I got a bit of, uh, bad feedback when I said that Raymond Felton had been a disaster in New York. Well, to my mind, he has been. You know, it's, so that's that, that's what we do. We're there to to, to foster uh, conversation and to help enjoy the spirit. It's almost like we want to be sitting in your living room with you. But yeah, as I said, you're right. Tune in. If you've got League Pass, from what I understand, League Pass is free this weekend. So really? any of your listeners get a chance. They are doing a special promotion, so you can watch the first weekend for free on the League Pass. Uh, and then they'll be after some of your shekels for the rest of the season. But tune in, watch it, and, and, and take a look. I mean, I, it, it's, uh, it's the curse of my iPad where I roll over and I want to see what happened, you know, you know, with one eye cracked open, uh, you know, if, if the games that I've watched and the games I haven't watched. It's, you know, it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. And also, you know, a bit of star watching as well. You know, I like to see uh, – I can't wait to see a Brooklyn game to see if they're going to have a – a black shroud over the seat where Jay-Z was sitting. Now he's selling his shares in the, in the franchise. 
and hopefully they're going to have got rid of the Brooklyn Knight by the time the playoff comes along. What an air ball that was. But, <laughs> Martin, how can people connect with you, follow follow you on Twitter and stuff throughout the playoffs or the times you're not on Sky? Yeah, um, I'm, on, I'm on, uh, on Twitter. I've got a simple handle, at Martolex. Or if you put a search of my name, Martin Henlon, you'll find me, but at M-A-R-T-O-L-E-X. I do put a bit of complaining in there about the commute in and out of London as well. So pardon me if I'm not talking basketball all the time. But, yeah, I, I, and I'll be more active, especially on game nights. You'll be hearing my rantings and ravings. There you go, people. This guy's been there. He's done it. He's played basketball all around the world. He's a pundit on the Sky Sports studio. And as you can tell, he doesn't mind a bit of the old shots fired as well. And we like that on North London 40, that's for sure. Martin, thank you yeah, ever I, so I, much I, for your time. No worries, James. And I hope I've upset some of the Knicks fans. <laughs> as you can tell, I'm not a big fan of anything out of the Big Apple. <laughs> there you go. Martin, cheers. Thanks a lot, James. Talk to you soon. So, you heard it from Martin Henlon. You heard it from Iron slash One Mike Carlson. NBA playoffs start on Saturday. Going to be sick every single night. It's not like the NFL playoffs where you have to wait a week every single night. There is games. You've got Game Pass. You've got Sky Sports. You've got ESPN. ESPN America even down there. Lots and lots of excitement. Doesn't help your social life, but that's not our problem. Then we got the draft, draft pod on Monday, draft Thursday, Thursday. night. Um, there's a draft party in Moorgate. Again, we've got to mention that. Adam Goldstein down there hosting that. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing another fan evening with Tony Baselli next mm-hmm. week as well, right? She yep. is popping off. Excuse me, yes. part of my curse word. It's popping off, right? Even though there isn't any NFL going on, it's popping off. Who'd have thunk it? It is. There's more stuff going on now than there was during the actual regular season. <laughs> which makes our life a lot harder, but that's okay. People, thank you for listening to North London 40. Enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy listening to us. We're going to be around, and we appreciate your support, and we will speak to you soon. Take care. The North Side. 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 The North Side.